Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash entitled parents, where a woman tries to manipulate a dying child. Our next Reddit post is from Godetzt. So today, I, a 29-year-old woman, am 13 years in remission from cancer. Oh man, OP, 29 minus 13 is 16. Oh, you had cancer when you were 16? Oh, jeez. I had a really aggressive type of cancer with less than a 20% chance of survival for the first five years. But luckily, the chance of this specific type of cancer coming back after five years was basically 0%. But that's not the story that I'm here to share. It's just relevant information. Since I was 16 years old when I had cancer, I qualified for Make-A-Wish. I'd played around with a bunch of potential ideas, destination vacations, meeting my favorite band, getting electronics, etc. Once the idea of traveling somewhere warm came up, my mom, the entitled parent of this story, was convinced that that was what was happening with my Make-A-Wish. The discussion of Barbados came up, so that's what she set her mind to. However, I was still on the fence, and after discussing it with my correspondent at Make-A-Wish, I wanted to meet my favorite band. We couldn't have been able to go to the Caribbeans for the trip, simply because of the cost, but we could have still gone somewhere warm and out of the country. For clarity, we live in northern Canada that has negative 40 degrees Celsius winters. There were talks of Florida, California, or even Hawaii as a destination to meet the band at. I wrote a letter to the band, explaining how listening to them helped me through my treatments. My correspondent mailed it out to the band's managers, and they were going to begin preparations for the band to get time scheduled to fulfill my wish. When I told my mom what I wanted and my plan to meet the band, she went nuts! She went off about how she deserved this trip as much as I do because I was there for you the entire time. She said that if I wanted to do anything besides go to Barbados, then I should find another adult to supervise the trip because neither her nor my stepdad would go to join me since it wasn't what she wanted. She then told me to pack my bags and stay at my dad's place until you come to your senses. And my mom told Make-A-Wish that we were going to Barbados. I spent over a month at my dad's place, and my Make-A-Wish correspondent tried to convince me to go through with what I really wanted several times during this period, but eventually I caved and let my mom have what she wanted. Now, my parents did make a compromise with me at the time, and they told me that they'd drive me to the band's concert in Toronto if I paid for the entire trip. Foolish 17-year-old me thought that this was a great idea. I could get to see the band in concert, and I could make my parents happy in the end. It cost me a lot, and my parents complained the whole time, but at least I got to see the band in concert. On the rare occasion when the trip to Barbados comes up in conversation, my mom likes to paint herself as the victim after all these years. Could you imagine if you had picked the band and we would have missed out on going to Barbados? You would have had to go with some strange parent and leave me and your stepdad behind. I would have never forgiven you if you'd done that. To this day, I am still a huge fan of that band. They were on hiatus for a while, but they came back, and this whole situation really sticks out in my mind, especially when I see them performing at shows and on the two tours they've done post-hiatus. Yes, I saw them in concert, and it was a great time, but I could have physically met them and gone to their concert through Make-A-Wish while traveling to another country, without having to pay out-of-pocket for the entire experience. But I didn't, all because my mom felt entitled to making my wish about her rather than the actual recipient of it. I understand that she didn't care to meet the band herself, but still, it was my wish. 
I nearly died from the cancer. It shouldn't have been a question of doing whatever I wanted for my wish, especially with the extremely high chance of the cancer coming back. Then, Opie clarifies in an edit, the band was the Jonas Brothers. The youngest of the three, Nick, has type 1 diabetes, and he wrote a song called A Little Bit Longer about a struggle when he was diagnosed at the age of 12 to 14. It was released a month before I was diagnosed with cancer, and it resonated with me during those difficult days. Okay, so this video is r slash entitled parents, not r slash am I the butthole. However, every single time that I make an r slash am I the butthole video, if I go down to the comments, I'll see people disagreeing with me about the ratings that I give various people. Pretty often people feel like I'm not harsh enough on the bad guy because, you know, some guy will be like a sexist jerk and he harasses people and I only give them like three out of five buttholes and fans are like, oh, r slash, you're totally wrong. This guy deserves five out of five buttholes. I don't like to give out 5 out of 5 butthole scores because I want to reserve them for people like your mother, OP. Any person who can watch their own child go through cancer and then receive a gift, maybe the last good memory, the last great thing that they can do in their too short life, and they want to make that gift about them? They want to go to the Caribbean to work on their tan because, oh, well, after you die, sweetie, this tan will last. It's just like, I don't even have anything funny or interesting to say. It's just disgusting. It's repulsive. I am personally disgusted by this story that this woman would put her own comfort over the over her own child's dying wish. Gee, okay, I'm a new father. I've got a a baby that's about half a year old and I get I'm actually getting emotional reading about this because the idea that my own daughter could have cancer is painful to even imagine it hurts to even think about and if my dying daughter wanted to go see a band before she before she passed away then nothing could stop that from happening nothing and they have the audacity to say that I'll take you but if and only if you pay for it, you have to pay for it. And having this channel, I see the full breadth of how awful humans are. The entitlement, the selfishness, the just douchebaggery, people being mean just to be mean. But this type of behavior, putting your own comfort, your own wants and needs over your dying flesh and blood child is so disgusting, so repulsive that I, I, I don't even know what to say. This sentence sounds absurd to say. This woman kicked a dying child out of her home to guilt trip that child into giving her what she wanted. This story is f***ed up. Our next Reddit post is from Minty Mentorins. So my parents are complete anti-vaxxers. We're talking full-on, vaccines cause autism, and the coronavirus was invented by Bill Gates to mind control us all with spike proteins. They're the horse-paced guzzling types with no sense of personal responsibility or empathy for others. I've repeatedly watched him get kicked out of businesses for refusing to wear a mask. And my Karen mother even had a meltdown in a grocery store that I'm surprised wasn't recorded and blasted all over the internet. But that's not what this story is about. The problem started when I got the COVID vaccine for work. My job has me dealing with a lot of people, and a large number of them are elderly, pregnant, or immunocompromised. I figured I would just get the vaccine and not tell them since I live about an hour away in the next state over and I visit them once a week on my day off. After my second shot, I got a little sick and while laid up in the bed, I called my sister because it was her birthday. 
During that conversation, I mentioned that I'd gotten the vaccine, but unbeknownst to me, my Karen mother was in the car and heard every word. My mother proceeded to have a five-alarm meltdown at my sister's house, saying that I was going to die while my sister gave me a play-by-play via text. When my mother returned to her home, she told me that I was no longer allowed over at her place unless I take these supplements that she got off Facebook to stop the spike proteins, and that I'm not allowed to visit my brother or his kids. At this point, I'd had enough of her nonsense, and I told her my health is none of her business, and whether or not I can visit my brother is my decision, not hers. She exploded on me, and I hung up the phone. An important thing to note here is that the car I drive, a used Prius, technically belonged to my grandparents. After my grandmother had a stroke and got in a car crash, they decided to give me the car since I needed one, and I told my dad to transfer the car to my name since he had power of attorney. He agreed to that in exchange for $2,500 that he could use to pay off my 90k education loan. For clarity, I pay my dad 600 bucks a month in addition to paying my own loans, even though my dad makes around $200,000 a year and I make 17 bucks an hour. Midway through my exile, I decided to try to be the bigger person and clear things up with my mom. I invited her out to lunch to listen to her concerns and establish some boundaries for the both of us so we can move on with our relationship. I know it sounds dumb, but I thought that since she gave birth to me, I could reason with her and we could talk it out like adults, but that did not happen. The entire lunch, she treated me like I was diseased. She wouldn't touch me or hug me, and she kept her food as far away from me as possible. When I tried to broach the subject of apologizing and patching this up, she launched into a tirade about how she won't compromise or walk on eggshells for me. For no reason, she drags my sexuality into this conversation. I've been queer since I was a teen. She said it makes her uncomfortable and that I need psychological help. That was my last straw. I said goodbye, walked away from the table, and decided to go no contact while I grieved and made a plan for how to move forward. Fast forward a few weeks when I made an appointment to renew my license. My license got sent to my parents' house since my dad still holds the car title. My dad kept moving around the time and place to come pick up the license until he called last night and finally said that either I come to the house to confront them or he'll call the cops. I reminded him that they both forbade me from going to his house, and I kid you not, he went full gaslight and said, No we didn't. You're making stuff up. I told my dad that I was not coming to his house, and that's when he told me that I had to come back for the title and to sign a promissory note. I asked him what the promissory note was for, and he told me that it was an agreement to pay back the car loan. He said that if I didn't sign it, then I wasn't getting the car. I told him it wasn't my loan, and he got really angry and called me a bunch of names. He ended the conversation by telling me either I show up at the house or I forfeit the free car. I asked for my $2,500 back, and he told me to F off. After a night of crying, I called my sister and made a plan to close the bank account my dad has access to and just get a different car with the money I have in my savings. Then leave my grandparents' cars and keys in their driveway while they're gone and just mail them some money each month for the loan without a return address. A used Prius isn't worth signing my life away to some entitled parent. Okay, so the writing on this post is a little bit fuzzy, but based on my understanding, what's happening here is the parents took out a loan for 90k, which they spent on whatever, it doesn't really matter. The point is, it's their loan and they have to pay off the 90k. Then, the grandparents gave OP the car, but only in name, not legally. OP's father could have transferred the car over to OP, but he didn't, even though OP paid him the $2,500. 
Then Opie's parents tried to convince OP to sign a document saying that he would pay off their $90,000 loan, and in exchange, they would give him a used Prius. A used Prius that he was supposed to have in the first place. How much is a used Prius worth? I don't know the answer to this question, but it's not 90 k A 2019 Toyota Prius's value is approximately $15,000 to $28,000. Then OP posts an update, and it's this really long post about how he's going no contact, but I'll read the best parts. After the most nerve-wracking week of my life, I woke up at 2 a.m. on Saturday morning and met my partners to commit a not-really-crime at a gas station near my entitled dad's house. We successfully dropped off the Prius, and once I got back home, I immediately turned around and drove to my brother's place. The best part is, while I was hanging out with my brother and his kids, my entitled dad called my sister, who was also there. And he was livid that I wasn't answering the phone, and he demanded to know how the Prius got to his house. My sister looked me dead in the eye as she told my entitled father that she had no idea what he was talking about, and that I had been at my brother's place since last Friday. When he demanded to talk to me, she said that I couldn't because I'd already left, and she hung up the phone. My sister told me over a nice bottle of bourbon that she'd been planning on going no contact with them for a while, and she was so proud of me for having the strength to pull all this off. It's really wild to me to think what you would have to do as a parent to make all three of your kids hate you. Because kids are biologically hardwired to love their parents. But the fact that they managed to make all three of their kids hate their guts and want to go no contact with them shows you a lot about the quality of their character. Our next Reddit post is from Lastroids. I live in the U.S., but I'm an immigrant from the Philippines. This story happened about four years ago when I went back home for a month-long vacation. I rented a house with no parking spot for one month, and my cousin let me borrow her rarely used car that I had to park on the street. I was only there for one month, so I was almost always out and about meeting friends and relatives to make the most of my stay. One day around noon, I walked out to my car to find the door open and some strange guy sprawled over the driver's and front seat with puke spread all over the dashboard and what looked like a severe nosebleed. I was angry at first, but then I realized the guy had no pulse and he wasn't breathing. I administered first aid and I called an ambulance and the cops. I also had to call a mechanic because the car battery was dead. I later found out that the car alarm went off until the battery died. I slept through the alarm. I'm a heavy sleeper. So I had a trashed car to wash, a battery to replace, and a police office to visit. Fun. The guys pronounced him dead on arrival, and the cops suspected a drug overdose. The cops suspected the guy was a junkie who tried to steal my car, but he overdosed in the middle of the robbery. Apparently, the house I rented was surrounded by slums, and it was known as a hive for illicit drug use and sales. It was a sad story, to be sure. This being the Philippines, I was averse to pressing charges. We have a slow justice system, and who would I even press charges against? And by that point, I kind of felt bad for the guy, and I just chalked it up as a bad experience. Four days later, at around 8pm, an older couple claiming to be the parents of the guy who died came by for a visit, and they brought with them a couple of tanods, which are basically community police officers. At first I thought they were there to apologize or make amends on behalf of their son, but lo and behold, they were asking me for money. I was irritated at first, but then I thought that money must be really tight, so I tried to be understanding and polite, but it was still a firm no. 
I understand that a guy died, but this was through no fault of my own. After that, all hell broke loose. The previously calm mother cried as loudly as possible and tried to scratch me. The father tried to grab my shirt and wanted to punch me. Thankfully, the Tanads were impartial and herded them away from me, all while the parents were insinuating that I had something to do with their son dying. I was a bit shaken, and I genuinely just wanted to get away from there, but I made the mistake of putting that off until the next day. At around midnight, I was awoken to the sound of breaking glass and metal being pounded. They made enough racket to wake me up. Five different guys were destroying my cousin's car and spewing all the profanities they could muster. I called the cops, and I went to stay at my cousin's place. In the end, I had to stay in the Philippines two weeks longer than I'd planned. I helped the cops try to investigate my case, and I had to pay for the damage incurred to my cousin's car. To add insult to injury, I never got my deposit on the house rental back. The house wasn't even damaged or anything. The investigation resulted in three people caught for destruction of property and grave coercion. Aside from the profanities, they were also threatening to come attack me if I didn't pay up. One of my neighbors also presented themselves as a witness. Last I heard, they also had prior offenses that got stacked on top of my case. The parents weren't charged. So, reading this story, I can't figure out if this is just like good old-fashioned entitlement and the parents are stupid, or if they're just uncaring, cold, psychopathic extorters and they're basically trying to just scam OP out of money because the opportunity is in front of them. What do you think? Are they entitled and they actually think they deserve the money, or do they realize that no, they don't deserve it, but they're going to try anyway because maybe if they cry and curse, then the guy will give them money and, hey, free money. My guess, and I don't know too much about the culture in the Philippines, but my guess is that this is actual entitlement, because if it was just a scam and they were trying to be like, oh, I'm so sad, give me money please, then why would they come back and like bang up his car? That feels like a waste of effort and it's putting yourself in danger because the cops could find you and, you know, get you in trouble for really no benefit. So that extra step makes me think that, yeah, this is genuine entitlement. That was our slash entitled parents. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.